Blog Talk Radio.
hallelujah, this morning that is really and truly uh, Mr. Van Morrison when God shines his light. And so we're grateful unto Almighty God for another Thursday morning. Are we heading right into this weekend? And uh, I am grateful unto Almighty God. I thank him for it. I appreciate it. Yes, yes, Lord. I appreciate you for another week ending. And I thank him for all that has been done, what he's doing right now, and what he's going to do. Great and mighty things for us. And uh, the chat room is a little weird this morning, Brother Louis. I can't uh, get the message box up to type in it. But nonetheless, we moving on in Jesus' name. It's a blog talk thing. It's not a computer thing. And um, this morning, I uh, <laughs> I want to thank, um, let me look in here, y'all. Bear with me right quick. Um, Brother Casper, Casper Hamilton, I want to thank you this morning. I got the message, and he was asking me, I mean, telling me about this board that's uh, over on Amazon. And so I thought he was selling it. He said, no, I thought about you. And, you know, he remembered all the computer problems I had and stuff like that. And so I explained everything to him, and uh, he sent me a link to go over and look. And it's the little box. It's not very big, but you can podcast, you can broadcast, you can radio from it. And so I'm thinking about that little box. But I go wireless. I'm wireless. I don't have a mic. I have one, you know, the radio mic here, but I have it on, but I don't really use it because uh, Blog Talk have direct uh, to it now. So I'm just wireless. I have nothing in my hand. I don't have to lean in to talk into anything. I just sit back and do what I do. And so we're grateful this morning unto Almighty God for every door that he has opened to us. I thank him today, no matter what is going on, he's on our side. And if we can have patience and wait for him, if we can trust him and believe, he's working everything out today for our good. Yeah, it's going to work for your good. You love him. He called you. Some of you he chose. And uh, we're walking up right before him the very best that we can because there are now no condemnations. See, unto us that walking in him, hallelujah. Yeah, we're obeying the scriptures the best that we can, and we keep God in the forefront of our minds the best as, as we can and as often as we can. We may not be perfect, but Apostle Paul taught me this. Look, Barbara, I want to show you a mystery. We will all be changed in the twinkling of an eye, hallelujah. Yeah, and so as we continue on, you know, and we continue to strive for perfection in God. It's already all right. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Sister Jerry, I have a song this morning in my early morning voice that I have to sing to you. And um, I want to tell you this, uh, Jerry. At the cross where Jesus shed his blood, Everything that you need was already taken care of. Everything. Before you were born, Jerry, before you even come to God, every sin that you ever could commit, he already died for. 
He has already died for every sin that you've ever committed. Once you came to him, Jerry, and you said, I do at the altar, you married him right there. He don't want separation and he don't want divorce. And he wants you to stay with him. And if you can remember this today, if I stay with God, he's going to stay with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. And no matter what go on, God is yet for you. He's going to be there. and He's going to always send somebody to help Jerry if that's what she needs. If he don't send somebody, he's going to send his word. And when he sent his word, his word healed him. So when he sent his word to you, Jerry, it healed. Yeah, I was sitting at the counter this morning, and the Lord brought this to me and said, sing this to Jerry today. And this is what the song says in my early morning voice. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Listen, Jerry, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. The burden, it was there by faith. I received my sight. And now I am happy all the days. Is that beautiful? No, it was at the cross where you first received your sight. It was where you first began to see spiritually. It was where you first began to believe that God is the son. Jesus is the son of the true and living God. It was there that you received him. Light shined in darkness and it comprehended it not. But when the light shined in your darkness, you was able to comprehend God drew you to him. All he needs is to praise Jerry. He don't need you going back in your past, digging and probing and pronging and, and, and pulling out and remembering negativity in your past. No, ma'am. He needs you to taste and see this morning that he's good right where you are. <laughs> yeah, no need to go back there because there's misery and, and bad things and, and what I've done. That's back there. No, come out from back there. You're no longer in loaded bar. You're not a cripple, Jerry. He healed you. So you got to remember it was at the cross where he took care of everything for you. He shared his prayer. Well, it was before he got to the cross because he suffered for your sake. Hallelujah. He went through for you. For each of us, and you, you can take it personal, he did it for me. You don't know how everybody else feels, but you know how you feel towards him. And if you love him, the word says, keep my commandments. If you love him, let go of the past. If you love him, believe. If you love him, trust him. He haven't failed you yet. He always took care of you. So I had to share that this morning. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away, rolled away. 
It was there by faith. Faith, believing God. I received my sight, and now I am happy all the days. I wasn't able to see until I come to him. It was only then that I could see. It was only then that I could taste and see that he was good. It was only then that I knew that I had a risen Savior. He was on my side. Yeah, when I went to the altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So we're grateful unto Almighty God this morning. We appreciate him. We love him today. It was him that first loved us. I tell him I wouldn't have known what love was had you not shown me love. I wouldn't know what suffering was had you not suffered for our glory, had not suffered for me. Yeah, it's real today. God is real. His word is real. We just have to make these things come alive. We have to make it be real to us. I talk to him just like I've talked to you. I don't make no pumped up, big stuff. No, I just go to him. Come unto me, all that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, I said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. But my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We go to him for everything. I don't withhold nothing back from him. Somebody told me one time, you do all of that, it's a cop out. No, ma'am. No, sir. It's not a cop out. Without him, I can do nothing. So why would I try? <laughs> why not just carry it to him? Take my burdens to the Lord and leave them there and walk away in peace, in joy and happiness, relieved, unstressed. Yeah, I had a situation yesterday. There was nothing I could do about it. I gave it to the Lord, went to bed and forgot it. Well, I forgot it before I went to bed and woke up later on in the evening, in the night, brother, and Shante reminded me. (laughs) I thought to myself, oh, yeah, thank you, Shante. For reminding me, I forgot all about that. Why? I took my burden to the Lord and I left it there. And I was told uh, by a certain date what I was uh, facing is already taken care of on this date. When I tell you God is good, if we would love him, if we would serve him, if we would worship him, if we would obey his word, He won't withhold no good thing from us. And don't worry about when it's coming, how it's coming. Don't worry about that. Please, if you can work on that, let go today and let God have his way in your life. I've been telling myself for many years, oh, well, if you don't do this, that won't happen. Oh, well, that's my word for it. Oh, well, because I put it on the altar, I went boldly before the throne of grace and made my petition known unto him. I resist the devil and he flees. Now, I don't mean he don't come back, but each time he come back, I resist, he got to go. Yeah. The Lord has been good to me. And he is good to me. And he's good to you. Woke us up this morning. We're closing our right mind. We had the mind to come to Jesus in the morning. I have used the activity of my limbs. I have life, health, and strength. I speak it in Jesus' name. At one time I was, uh, when I lived in government housing, I 
uh, became the candy lady, they call it. It sold all the little sweets and uh, drinks and chips, cupcakes and brownies and nachos and things. And y'all know I'm on that food. And um, I can remember I, I would pray this prayer just like we do now when we close the show. Bless our going out and bless our coming in. Well, I had gone over to Sam's to buy stock, and when I come in and was putting the stock up, it come to me. Uh, all this stuff happening around you, but yet you're blessed. And I don't know if it was a question in my mind of how, I don't know what it was at the time. But the Lord began to speak to me and let me know this. You asked me to bless your going out and your coming in. And that's what I'm doing. And that's what I've done. And that's what I will do because I asked for it. We have not in many cases because we ask not. We don't ask God for what we want or what we need. When a big thing happened, uh, something tragic, oh, yeah, we'll pray. But for these other things, we sit around and wonder sometimes or Sometimes we'll find ourselves stressing over stuff. I can't do what I used to do. I don't have what I used to have. I have some seniors that come to me, senior citizens. I don't feel like I used to feel. I used to walk this way and do the word is senior citizen. It means older. It don't necessarily mean you're elderly because you can't walk five blocks like you used to. You can't thoroughly clean the house in two days or one day like you used to. You can't cook as much as you. It don't mean that you're elderly. It means that you're older. You're changing. Your body's changing and you're changing. But the mind can stay strong because if you go to God in prayer and ask him to teach you how to keep your mind on him, he will do it and teach you how to stay in perfect peace. In other words, he will keep you in perfect peace. But many times we look at where we are, we look at what's happening instead of who is in control. God is in control. I see a lot of political stuff. Oh, Mr. Trump, this and Mr. Trump, that. Let's get ready. Da 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 da. Nope, nope, nope. Our prayer is, Lord, bless the right candidate to be in there as our leader. I favor this candidate right here, God, because I believe you favor him, and I believe that you're going to put him in there. Whatever work I need to do to help him to get in there, then I need to do it. But we trust in God for leadership because I see too much greed in leadership. And I don't just mean in the leadership of the country because I consider every business owner to be a leader. Yeah, you're putting out products, you're putting out things, you're doing a service for the public. So you're a leader. And I see so much greed. Oh, they're so greedy. 
I know they said inflation, things has gone up. Yes, but some stuff, it, it has not gone up that much. You can tell from the price, from the old price to the new price, who put more on it than was necessary. They just thought of this price. Oh, this would be a good price, plus it would give me 50 cents extra more. That's not needed to do your customers like that. But God have a purpose and a plan. And I want to follow his lead. Not my will, but his will be done. And I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what he wants to be done. Whatever his will is. And I thank him this day. Thank him for his many blessings. Let me tell y'all something. I prayed the prayer of faith. Listen, my prayer was, Lord, I want to come out of debt. I don't want to be in debt. I prayed and I asked the Lord, this has this, this not been too long ago now. This hasn't been a long time away. Just just maybe a, a few weeks ago, if that, two weeks of that. And I said, Lord, I want my truck paid off. I was blessed to make two payments this month to my truck. <laughs> And my truck notice due on the first next month, I pay a small balance and I'm done. I would have been done this month or something a little more come up. But next month, I will be done with a truck payment. Truck ride like new. Not that many miles on it for how long I've had it. I don't drive every day. I don't drive every week sometimes. So God has blessed me. I see uh, credit cards being paid off, $80 on one, $90 on the other. Come on now. It's that prayer of faith. And what's your motive behind what you're praying? And some people might say, well, that's not a whole lot of money uh, not to pay it off, but I had to get there. I had to pay it until I get there. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm there, guess what? No more bills. I have one thing or two things that I'm working on. Four brand new Michelin tires because that's what come with the truck Michelin tires. And $100 over at a place called Shein. Now once I get those two things done, that's it. I bought a computer before this one and I bought a TV couple of months back. A few more dollars and I'm done. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Of course, I still have uh, uh, Microsoft Word, uh, Blog Talk Radio, the websites, and, you know, some other things that come with this. But that's not a whole lot because the truck payment free me up to make, you know, the payments for this stuff. Yeah, and I'm able to do some things for Jesus in the morning. Yeah, I'm thinking about a billboard. Yeah, for Jesus in the morning. You see, God is faithful. Not only does he hear, but he answers prayer, but we got to trust him. We got to look, let me tell you, you got to work too. In the beginning, God come working. In the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth. He come working. 
And some of us, I'm retired, I understand that, but there's something for God you can be doing. It is nothing more than passing out scriptures that you hand wrote. You, you wrote it with your hand. You typed it and, and printed it out and you cut it in a certain way to make it look cute. And you gave, everywhere you go, you're handing out these scriptures. I remember one day I gave a envelope with scriptures in it and Jesus in the morning radio business card. And I gave it out to Jehovah Witness. I, I had no clue she was a witness. God didn't say, oh, she's a Jehovah Witness. He didn't say that. But when I gave that card to her, I felt some type of way as the world say. And I began to minister to her. Her eyes got a little big and she started looking at me because I know what she was thinking. How would this woman know this about me? My family don't know it. My husband don't know it. Nobody know about this but me and God. And how could she know? And when she opened the envelope and she saw the card and the scripture, she said, thank you. And as she walked away, I could see her pondering in her mind, how did she know? There's only one way I could have known. God had to reveal. The spirit had to reveal that flesh and blood couldn't reveal that. No way I could know what happened in her past that only she and God knew about. And a lot of people, they hyped up on this kind of stuff. They want to know their future. I don't. I don't need to know it because what God has for me, it is for me. If he allow a trial to come upon me, that's between he and I, and I got to bear that burden through him. And I want to pass the trial because there's a great lesson in it for me. Yeah, every round with God goes higher and higher, and we should be growing in him. Not in the things of the world, because see, some people, they research, they learn, they, they study the things of the natural, the things of their flesh. But what's most important is spiritual things to the believer. Now, this is not for everybody. This is for the believer. Because of this, the more you know about God the more you understand his word, the more you apply his word to your everyday life to walk accordingly, the better we become as people. Yeah. Again, this morning, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So we're striving to get more God. The songwriter wrote the song that says, I need just a little more Jesus. I need just a little more Jesus to help me along the way. Because all of this is going to cause us to go back with him when he comes. I want to come back with him to judge the world. But to whom much is given, much is required. We have to give God something. I know we want him to let everything just fall for us, let it fall out the sky. Change their heart and mind. Open the door, God. 
make a way. Yeah, he does all of this. Yes, he does. But guess what we need to do? Work while it's day. Night is coming. And when night comes, no man can see. We're not working unto ourselves. We're not working unto family members. We're not working unto that uh, uh, natural job. We are working unto God. And anything go wrong with our work while we're working unto him, he'll take care of us. If I'm suffering for his sake, if I want to share the good news of Jesus and somebody give me a hard time, that's not on me. That's on them. He will work it out for me. <laughs> yeah, I just got to be obedient. And some people, they don't want to do it unless they're going to be in the limelight. You know, everybody know what's going on. You know, their name is in glitter, glit and glam. No, I don't need nothing on my name, Hallelujah. I just need to work while it's day. Night cometh that no man can see. Hallelujah. I just need to talk of his wondrous works as often as possible and make known his deeds among the people. I need to walk more in the spirit that I don't fulfill the lust of my flesh. Hallelujah. And I'm good. Today we want to trust in the Lord. Proverbs Chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. With all our heart. That word all is a big, big word right there. It covers a whole multitude of stuff. And lean not to thine own understanding. In all our ways, before we make a move, acknowledge him. I'm going to pray before I go to the grocery store shopping, I'll go to the hair uh, uh, dresser, uh, before I get my nails done, before I do anything, I'm going to acknowledge him in all my ways. And the scriptures say, he shall, that's a promise, direct my path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord <laughs> and depart from evil. Because see, sometimes we wise in our own eyes and we become fearful of what we're seeing. But now, if I call them, they're going to tell me this. You're being wise in your own eyes. Oh, I know what the outcome of that going to be. No, you don't. You acknowledge them before you, you, you <laughs> before you made a move. And you trust in him now to direct your path. He's going to lead you and guide you in the right path. And it's yet going to be for his name's sake because you acknowledged him before. God is faithful. God is good. He's holy. He's righteous. He's everlasting. He's all wise, all knowing. So we don't need to be wise in our own eyes. Fear him. The beginning of fear, to fear him is the beginning of wisdom, really. Yeah. I pray before I go. Sometimes I don't move my lips. I just pray. In the spirit, you know, and I go on. I get a safe. I had a long ways to walk the other day, and I didn't think I could make it. I was like, whew, Lord, help me get to this truck on the way to the courthouse. Lord, help me to make it to the courthouse. And I didn't even realize when I got almost to the door, there were some seats. It had rained. 
And I walked over, and when I looked, one of them was dry. And I sat there for a few minutes. I had to set my phone anyway to pay the toll, I mean, pay the parking. So I needed a minute anyway. I sat there and rested for a little bit, and I got up and was able to make it in the courthouse and get things done. Yeah. We got to give it all to him on your job while you're working. You're focusing on him. If you can't do nothing but tell him thank you while you're typing, while you're on the phone, begin to tell him thank you. Your day is going to go better. Things you need to get done at work, you'll get it done. You'll be able to go home, lift it up with energy, spiritual energy and physical energy, and get it done. Again this morning, we have not because we ask not. I ask the Lord to give me spiritual energy and physical energy. And Lord, do it for me today. Yesterday, I think I went out once. And when I come back, I was energized. I had prayed already that I, Lord, give me spiritual and physical energy. And he sent his word. And the word healed me. Oh, I felt so better, so good. Got some things organized on the counter, in the kitchen, and just felt not good. Yeah. Went to bed last night, was able to get up later and get some more things done, talk to Shantae late, and then went on to bed. Was ready to get up this morning and obey God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so I thank him this morning. Irene, I want to share this with you this morning. I want to give you that scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. There are some blessings coming your way. And you're going to notice more and more people are noticing you more and more. You're going to notice that. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. It is. I see you smiling. I see you smiling a lot. Yeah, because you're going to move. It's like you're going to shift from being nowhere to being somewhere. Yeah. It's like you're going to shift even when you're home. It's going to be like you shift from nowhere to somewhere. Yeah. And God is doing that for you more and more. Where you were and and the way you felt, you're no longer going to feel that. You're going to feel much better. Yeah, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. <laughs> and he is on schedule. Sometimes we don't be on schedule, but God is always on schedule. And it's already all right this morning. In the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is none like him. We can search all over. We won't find anybody. Nobody greater than Almighty God that have all power. Good morning, Sloppy Joe. <laughs> God bless you this morning. Yeah. He's got a purpose and a plan. And I want you to continue on, Sion. I want you to continue to seek him with your whole heart. Yeah. Continue to seek him. Because there are some humongous blessings, the things that has been promised to you, it should surely come to pass. But to whom much is given, much is required. There are things we go through before we get there. 
before we get to the desires of our hearts. And because we desire this thing, see, and God would give us more than what we desire because he's a more than God. I had to work in government housing. <laughs> Many days. Ooh, I wanted to be out of there. But not my will, Father, but your will be done. So I stayed right on in there. <clears throat> I wasn't real friendly with all the neighbors, yet I was friendly, and they knew me. But I stayed in my house. I didn't go from house to house. If I came, I, I had a reason for coming. And when I left there, you were blessed. God used me to, you know. And so look, I know this today. They that wait on the Lord. Keep waiting on him, Sion. He's coming. Every promise that he made, he will fulfill. He's that kind of God. Some things I prayed for the first of the year, he's fulfilling. <laughs> Hallelujah. He didn't tell me what time he would fulfill. My position was to pray and ask him for what I wanted and to wait. That's a, that's a huge thing with God, to have patience. He don't always come right when we want him, but I promise you, every time he's on time. He know what's best for us. Some things he brought my way, I just I was like, mm -mm, I don't, mm -mm, I don't like this right here. I don't want to do that. But as it come on, because he allowed it, and he was not going to take it back, because it was what was going to cause me to have miracles work in my life. So as it came on in, and I began to see the miracles of God, the blessings of God, I began to see the desires of my heart being met. I said, well, look at this. I had I kicked that to the curb, threw it in the trash. I wouldn't be blessed like this. I, I got to stop grumbling and complaining. Murmuring. Somebody, I don't like this. <laughs> See, because many days God would take us out of familiar territory. See, we get used to certain things. And we're comfortable with that. It's what we're used to. We know about that. A lot of things we don't know about, we're afraid of it sometimes. And because of the fear, and, and, and it's not in our face, you're scared. No, it, 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 I don't like that. You don't like the way it looks because it don't look like the norm. But if we're trusting God, accept what God allow and move on. I'm yet learning these things. I'm yet learning them. The person that I thought was the worst, they was the best. And the person I thought was the best, they was the worst. This is why it's important to allow God to lead. Yeah. See, because look at this. Yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. Why? He's with me. I don't care what my enemy do. I don't have to hate him. He'll prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. I love the large king crab legs and things. The huge dungeness crab. I like that wonderful Spiral honey baked ham. <laughs> Y'all know I bring food in it now. I love a good French 
coconut pie. If he spread the table before my enemies, they're gonna get to see me eat the good of the lamb and then of the land, and they're not welcome to the table. He prepared it for me before them. And he didn't say I had to welcome them to my groceries. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's all right today in Jesus' name. I, I used to battle with myself. Because you eating this and you eating that, you eat the good of the land. I can't help it. I'm blessed. But I don't have to eat overeat the good of the land, but I eat the good of the land. I'm blessed. I can't complain. You know, sometimes you want to complain. Oh, I wish I had this. Oh, I want this. Oh, why do I? Oh, go get this. Oh, you don't have to do all of that. When I tell you, God will bring it to you. Some things we have to go get, but some things God will bring to you. Yeah. I was listening to Van Morrison saying, he'll bring the blessing from above. Oh, yeah. He'll sick. Oh, yeah, I love that. God is faithful to us. And I'm so thankful unto him. Listen, let's pray the prayer of faith this morning. It's that prayer of faith that makes us whole. It's the prayer of faith that God hears because we believe in what we're talking about. Hallelujah. And it's already all right today in Jesus' name. Let's, Father God, we thank you. Thank you for another Thursday morning. Thank you for waking us up, closing our right mind. We thank you for the use and activity of our limbs, our life, Father, our health, and our strength. Without you, we couldn't breathe. Without you, we wouldn't be here. Father, without you, we can do nothing. We thank you this morning for looking beyond our fault and yet meeting our needs. We thank you for being on our side today in spite of us. Hallelujah. Your word says, come and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will wash you as white as snow. Oh, I thank you this morning that I can come and reason with you. I can come boldly before the throne of grace and make my petition known unto you. And Father, not praying amiss, but praying according to your word, according to what I know that pleases you, according to what I know you will do. Thank you this morning. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. We can't say thank you enough. We're grateful unto you. We appreciate you. Father, we love you this morning. Hallelujah. It was you who first loved us. Bow down this morning in humbleness. And Father, we ask that you would bless every caller and every listener, every intercessor, every person praying, we touching and agreeing this morning. That Father, you would bless every caller and every listener, those coming through the archives and the podcast today. We ask, Father, that you would move for these, your people, in a mighty way this day, September. Thursday, the 22nd, 2022. Move for your people. Father, we ask this morning that everyone that stands in the need of healing, that God, you would heal this day. We know what the doctor diagnosed. We know sometimes we're not feeling well, but God, we know that there's yet healing in the hem of your garment, and we're pressing in to touch the hem, just the very hem, believing that we're being made whole in the name of Jesus. 
You heal all manner of sickness and disease. Heal heart problems, liver problems, kidney problems, whatever the pro- toothache problems, headaches, back aches, knee aches, whatever the problem may be, heal this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that you would heal us physically, heal us mentally. Most of all, oh God, heal us spiritually. Because, Father, if you heal us spiritually, you gave us power, love, and a sound mind. Or do it today for your people. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. We come this morning, Father, asking that you would open doors for those that stand in the need of a place to live. Those that stand in the need of finances. Father, we ask this morning that those that want to be dead free, that, Father, you would move in a mighty way for these, your people, today. In the name of Jesus, oh, have you waited? Those that need help, oh God, it may be physical help. Move by your spirit this morning. Somebody need to come and help see about me. God, move today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bring those that are incarcerated before you. We bring the brethren that are locked up. That, God, you would shower down your spirit upon them more, that they would spread the good news of your son, Jesus. And many will say, what must I do to be saved? Lord, use all of us to draw others unto you. Help us to talk of your wondrous works and make known your deeds among the people. Help us to testify to your goodness, O oh God. Every opportunity presents itself. Use us, Lord. Fix our hearts this morning. Regulate our minds in the name of Jesus. Bless those that are in every branch of our military. Father, bless the administration of our military. Lead and guide them, God, in the right things to do. And Father, remind them that you have the last word on everything, no matter how things sound or look. You have the last word. We ask that you would do it today in the name of Jesus. Bless our brothers and sisters everywhere overseas, oh God. And Lord, especially those who can't talk out loud about you, pray out loud, study out loud. God, strengthen them in the name of Jesus. Lucia, protect and angels to stand watch, to shield and protect them. Keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger in the name of Jesus. Bless widowers and bereaved families everywhere, intercessory prayer people, praying for others in the name of Jesus. Bless preachers everywhere, preaching in the name of Jesus and obedience unto you and love for your people. Father, bless Israel and prosper Jerusalem. Lucia, protecting angels to stand watch, to shield and protect. Father, keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger. Mm. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, continue to bless America and the leadership. Have mercy upon us this morning. And Father, we ask that you would bring us to our knees in prayer and repentance unto you. Help us to remember that if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive the sins and heal the land. Lord, put it on the hearts and the minds of the leadership on the mind of pastors and bishops and evangelists everywhere, every leadership position, God, 
every office, put it on their mind that we come together and we continue to seek you for a better America. An America that is led by, led by God like never before in the name of Jesus. Again, bless every caller and every listener here. And Father, this morning I ask that if it be your will that, Lord, you open a money door for each of us. Money answers all things. Money makes us happy. Father, money makes us glad. We want money, big, big money, in the name of Jesus. Bless the sick men of Jesus in the morning. Have your way here today. Move by your spirit. For Father, it's by your spirit you said you would go. Move by your spirit for us here this morning. Let us feel your presence. And Lord, let us get from the message of the day all that we can apply to our everyday life in the name of Jesus. Those that are absent this morning, Brother Anthony and Sister Rita and Sister Brown, and the different ones, we ask that you would bless them today. And Lord, whatever they are going through, move in a mighty way in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you the honor and praise. We ask it all again in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank God. We thank God. Listen, I'm going to this request. And we, when we come back today, we're coming back with Pastor Terry K. Anderson. And his message this morning is institutionalized misery at the house of mercy. Institutionalized misery at the house of mercy. And he's coming from John, the fifth chapter, verses one through nine. So we go in here and listen to Mr. Russ Path. He set me free. And uh, when we come back, we're coming straight in with Pastor Terry K. Anderson.
talk to us this morning about institutionalized misery at the house of mercy. Institutionalized misery at the house of mercy. There's a story told to better illustrate this passage of a man who was extremely wealthy and he came upon a man who was destitute and ragged. And this wealthy man took out a card and left in an account $100 million. And he told the man, here is this card. It belongs to you. Use it every day. Meet all of your needs and be sure to help other people. The man looked at the card. He looked at his ragged condition. He could not believe it. He thought the man was joking. He tore up the card, threw it on the ground, spit on the man, and went about his business, ragged and destitute. The rich man comes upon this woman and gives her the same story. She looks at the man's card, puts it in her purse, and goes everywhere telling everybody how rich she is, but she never accesses the account. She's still poor, destitute, and ragged. He comes upon another man, and he tells the man his story. Here's my card. Here's $100 million. Go in the bank. Use it for whatever you want. The man goes up to the bank teller, and not believing his good fortune, thinking that there's not really $100 million in the account, he says to the bank teller, give me $100. The teller gives him the $100 and says to him that you're sure that's all you want? There's $100 million in this account. The man said, well, all right, give me $5,000. Still cannot believe his good fortune. With all that he has in his account, he's living below the level of his capability. And this morning, God has deposited in every last one of our accounts riches beyond what we can explain and we are living beneath the level of our capability. Do you want to be made whole? Walk with me around the text. Jesus is at a festival of the Jews. And he comes upon Solomon's porch. There are some colonnades, some covered, shaded areas, porticos, where there are some lame people, some blind people, some paralyzed people. This group that's laid at the pool at the sheep gate at Bethesda, let's look now at this multitude. It's a menagerie of broken people. Some are blind. 
Some are lame. Some are paralyzed. It's a sad lot. It's a motley crew. Broken people. Sick. Lame. Blind. Paralyzed. They are all there. Look at them. Blind. Lame. Sick. Paralyzed. Nobody can help anybody else. They all gather at the pool at the same time every day. Blind. Lame. Paralyzed. Everybody there is broken. If it's not blindness, it's lameness. If it's not lameness, it's paralysis. Everybody is in the same condition. Broken. Sick. Palsied. Lame. Blind. Paralyzed. Nobody can criticize anybody else. Nobody can look down their sanctimonious nose at anybody else. Nobody can categorize themselves as any better than anybody else because everybody there is in the same condition. If they're not blind, they're lame. If they're not lame, they're paralyzed. If they're not paralyzed, they're sick. But everybody there is in the same condition. That's the multitude. That's the people who are gathered at the sheep gate. They come there because there is a superstition. Verse 4 is not in the New Revised Standard Version and perhaps it's not in many of your Bibles because it's a scribal addition to modify or give clarity to verse number 7. Verse number 4 says that at certain times an angel comes down, they believe, to trouble the water. And the first person in receives healing. It's a superstition. It's probably an artesian well underneath the pool that bubbles up into water, kind of like Hot Springs, Arkansas. Or like the geyser old faithful that just goes off from time to time. There's nothing particularly healing about it. It just so happens to make this gurgling sound and water bubbles up. And people believe superstitiously that if they get in the water, something is going to happen to them. Look at that multitude again. Blind. Lame. Paralyzed. That multitude is the multitude that makes it to Lily Grove on Sunday morning. Some of us blind. Some of us lame. Some of us paralyzed. But all of us sin sick. I wish I had somebody to help me preach it. If your problem ain't drugs, it's alcohol. If your problem ain't alcohol, it's illicit sex. 
If it's not illicit sex, it's what you wish you could do, but you can't no more. If it's not lying, it's gossip. If it's not gossip, it's overeating. If it's not overeating, it's laziness. If it's not laziness, it's hypocrisy. If it's not hypocrisy, you was just born in sin. Shape in iniquity. In sin did your mother and my mother conceive us. Every last one of us in here got something wrong with us. Your pew ain't no better than my pew. Folks on your row ain't no more spiritual than folks on my row. Just because your Bible is large print don't mean you're a large Christian. Just because you got a cross around your neck or around your wrist or around your ankle don't mean you're that spiritual. All of us are crooked, broken, lame, blind, paralyzed. All have sinned and are coming short of the glory of God. That's why nobody in here can look down on nobody else in here. Because if it were not for the grace of God, we'd be in hell this morning. Have I got a witness here? If God had not looked beyond my faults and saw my needs, I can't testify for you. Let me be a witness for myself. And for some other crooks in here this morning. I limp to church every Sunday morning. Because I'm lame. I'm wretched. I'm paralyzed. I am needy. Because I sinned enough just this past week. That God should have blotted my name out of the book of life. But there is therefore now. No condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not... I wish I had a witness here. I need some wretched folk in here like Terry Anderson who can testify that God just overlooked my foolishness. I should have been cut off a long time ago. My name should have been erased from the book of life a long time ago. But I'm in a multitude of people who are blind, lame, paralyzed. Isaiah helps us right here. He says, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. He said it was in the year that King Uzziah died. I wish I had two or three Bible readers. I saw also the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And seraphim with six wings, they covered their face and covered their feet, and they did fly. And Isaiah said, when I saw it, I said, woe is me. Here it is. For I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. Watch this. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Every last one of us in here 
are in here with dirty hands, unclean lips, lying tongues, but thank God for mercy. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. I'm trying to preach to somebody this morning who thinks that you'll never be good enough to measure up. Let me tell you, you'll never be good enough to measure up. That's why God sent Jesus. Because what I couldn't measure up to, Jesus made up the difference on Calvary. It could have been me. It should have been me. Outdoors. With no food. And no clothes. All left alone. Without a friend. Just another number. With a tragic end. Ah, but he didn't see fit. To let none of these things be. Because every day by his power, he just keeps on keeping me. Not because I've been so good. Not because I've kept his commandments so closely. Not because I haven't sinned and fallen short of his glory. But because he loves me so. Everybody at that pool was sick. And everybody in this sanctuary is sick. I know you've been to Neiman Marcus, but you're sick. I know you got on David Yerman, but you're sick. I know you're walking in Christian Louboutin, but you're sick. And you're sitting by some sick people. Everybody in here is a crook. Watch your purse. Watch your cell phone. You're sitting next to somebody who got something crooked about them. There's something bent in every one of us. The Bible calls it iniquity. I wish I had somebody to help me preach. Everybody around that sheep pool was sick. The multitude was sick. Oh, but then yonder comes Jesus. And when Jesus gets to the pool... Listen, everybody's sick, but he singles out one man. Everybody at the pool is sick, but Jesus didn't heal everybody. He just chose that day one somebody. Because Jesus is better in one-on-one encounters. Nicodemus. 
The woman at the well. The woman with an issue of blood. Peter's mother-in-law. Jairus' daughter. That royal official's son. Jesus handles one-on-one encounters in a way that moves from parable and miracle to signs. Everybody at the pool is sick, but he chooses, he zeroes in one man. And he walks up to that one man and makes a choice of him. And everybody in here this morning, sick, lame, blind, paralyzed, who knows if today is not your day. That's why you ought to always come to church. Because you never know when it's going to be your day. You ought to always make your way to the house of God. Because you never know when there's a blessing waiting on the seat that you're about to sit in. Because God knows who you are. God knows what you need. But God wants you to know what you need. Jesus walks up to this man and he asks him a rather strange question. He says to him, do you want to be made whole? What kind of question is that to ask somebody who is paralyzed? Now, if I had been the man I would have said to myself, what you think I want? I've been ambling up here 38 years, and you think I don't want to be whole? What kind of question is that to ask somebody who is paralyzed? I would have said that to myself. And Jesus read the man's heart. Because that question is packed with some pertinent and relevant information. Because when Jesus asked the man a question, the man offers Jesus an excuse. Jesus said, you want to be made whole? He says, sir, every time I get ready to step in the pool, somebody steps in before me. Jesus essentially says, I didn't ask you that. How come people are always answering what you don't ask? I went, to, I went to Shipley's Donuts one day, and uh, you know there's always some people hanging out out there, and they want some money or they want something, and uh, um, the guy came up to me, and he says, uh, hey, man, uh, you got a light? I said, I'm sorry, Doc, I don't smoke. 
He said, how come people don't answer what you're asking? He said, I didn't ask you that. I asked you if you had a light. I said, well, no, I'm sorry. I don't have a light. He said, well, you got $5. Since he made me look like a fool, I just gave him $5. But Jesus said to the man, do you want to be made whole? That, that's a lot packed in that question, brothers and sisters. I'm trying to hurry and get through this. But when Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? He said to the man, if you want healing, you can't have victory and be a victim. Because before you answer, if you want to be made whole, you've got to get off the welfare. If you accept healing, you've got to go to work. If you want to be made whole, you've got to take care of yourself. Stop waiting on people to carry you. Stop waiting on people to feel sorry for you. Stop blaming the white man and stop blaming society and Stop talking about I can't get a break and stop talking about I can't make it. You got to get out of your mama's house. You want to be made whole, you got to stop hanging with the wrong crowd. You want to be made whole, you got to go finish and get your degree. You want to be made whole, you got to quit acting a fool, talking like an idiot. You got to pull your pants up. Change your attitude. Stop acting like somebody owes you something. If you want to be made whole, you can't be a victim and have victory. The man says, every time I get ready to get in the pool, somebody gets in before me. Jesus cut through all the red tape moved from the multitude, dealt with that man, and now he's going to show the power of the master. He says, here's what I want you to do. <clears throat> Stop making excuses. Stop talking about what you don't have and who's not around to help you. You're sitting near Stale water. And I'm about to lead you besides still water. Do you want to be well? Sir, I have nobody to put me in the pool. That's not what I'm asking. Do you want to be whole? He said, every time I get ready to step in, he said, that was not the question. Do you want to be made whole? I know you are at the sheep pool sitting by this dead religion. 
And the reason I call this sermon Institutionalized Misery at the House of Mercy because some of y'all have been coming to this institution 38 years. You've been listening to me preach 32 years. You've been in the choir since you were a teenager. You've been ushering since you were in your 20s. You have been in this institution and you've not yet received mercy. Because you got more faith in the church than you do in the Christ. Come on. Come on. There is no salvation in this stale water. The salvation is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Jesus told that man essentially what he told Mary and Martha in chapter 11 of the Gospel of John. When Martha said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus said, you're going to see your brother again. Martha said, I know I'm going to see him in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus told her, like he told his man in chapter 5, you looking at what you're looking for. You talking to what you're talking about. You're speaking with what you're speaking of. You're standing by what you're standing on. I am the resurrection. I am the water of life. And Jesus, listen, the shout in this text is not even the healing of the impotent man. The shout in this text is Jesus is picking a fight with the Pharisee. Because Jesus could have healed him the day before or he could have healed him the day after but he healed him on the Sabbath day. Because he is intentionally picking a fight with the Pharisee. Because the Pharisees had 613 laws beside the Ten Commandments. And law number 39 says it's unlawful to carry a mat on the Sabbath day. So Jesus waits until it's the Sabbath day to walk up on a lame man and ask him, do you want to get well? The man said, every time I get ready to step in, somebody's in before me. Jesus said, you want it? Here's what you've got to do. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait 30 minutes. Do it right now because I want to show you something. He says, rise. This man hasn't rose in 38 years. But his faith made its way to his feet. 
And until your faith gets in your feet, you ain't got no real faith. Because real faith leaves your head, goes down to your heart, and then gets in your feet. Rise. Take up your mat. What's been carrying you, it's time for you to carry. But that ain't the shout yet. I'm, I'm not at the shout yet. The Pharisees are around. Talking about the law 39 says you can't carry your mat on the Sabbath day. All of these church folk are there with their rules and their laws. All these deacons are there with what the bylaws say and what the Constitution says. All these deaconesses are there with that little white thing on their head on the first Sunday. All the choir members are there with their crisp choir robes on. And the ushers are there with one hand behind their back and the other telling you to go to your seat. The trustees are there with all the laws that they've made up that have nothing to do with what we are trying to do. Jesus waits till the church gathers to tell the man, not just Rise. Not just take up your mat, but here is the shout. Jesus said, when you get up, when you take up your mat, I want you to parapateo. That's Greek for you who don't know what I'm saying. I don't know it either. I just read it when I was trying to prepare for this sermon. The word parapateo does not mean just walk. Anybody can do that. Jesus said, I want you to strut. you to get up and show off. I want you to let everybody see that the Lord has done a new thing. Is there somebody here that's been blessed? Is there anybody here God has done something for? Get up and strut right now. your bed and strut. Show off. Act a fool. Up in here. Up in here. Let somebody know I was on my way to hell but the Lord turned me around. Go on and strut and let somebody know. I was sick. And the doctor said it was all over. 
But then the Lord showed up and made a way out of no way. Why don't you strut a minute and tell somebody you should have seen me 30 or 40 years ago. But look where the Lord has brought me from. You ought to strut a minute and let somebody in your pew know the reason I shout so much, the reason I holler so much, the reason I wave my hands so much, because I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within. I was sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. From the water, from the water, he lifted me. Now save, save am I. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Is there anybody here know God's been good to? Is there anybody here got a story to tell? Is there anybody here God picked you up, turned you around, placed your feet on solid ground? If you're not embarrassed, you don't have to get in the aisle to do it. Just strut right where you are. Look at somebody. Brag a minute. Testify a minute. Let them know a minute. It was nobody but Jesus. It was nobody but Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. Now under him. Now under him, now under him, who is able to keep you from falling and to present your faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God who is our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Say yes! 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 I know he's alright. Won't he do it? Won't he be a doctor for you? Won't he be a friend for you? Won't he be a mother for you? Won't he be a father for you? Won't he be a doctor for you? Won't he be a husband for you? Tell him thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you.
authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. Today is the tomorrow we feared yesterday. Just before 0800 on Sunday morning, December 7th, 19. 41, the Imperial Japanese Navy Air Service launched a surprise attack against the United States Naval Base at Pearl Harbor in Honolulu, territory of Hawaii. In one hour and 15 minutes, four battleships were destroyed 
and four were sunk in the Pacific Fleet anchored on Battleship Row. Over 2,400 Americans were killed and 1,178 were wounded. Drawing the United States into World War II and evoking from President Franklin D. Roosevelt in a joint session of Congress that this was a date which will live in infamy. Almost 80 years later, on Wednesday, January 6, 2021, there shall be another date which will live in infamy. The world watched in anguished disbelief as terrorists inside our own borders attempted a coup d'etat. What should have been a perfunctory episode in our post-election civility turned into an anxious and grotesque display of the lost cause of white supremacy codified in a thuggish incivility. Not since the British set fire to the capital in 1814 during the War of 1812 has the country witnessed such a scene at the hallowed citadel of the world's most enduring democracy. The jolting phrase from President Trump's inaugural address has become a self-fulfilling prophecy. This was and is indeed an American carnage. Hoarding mobs of disillusioned Trump supporters desecrated the Republic's noblest building in a failed attempt to prevent the completion of a constitutional process. Inside the venerable walls of that vaunted institution, in a joint session of duly elected senators and representatives, were Mike Pence, Nancy Pelosi, and Charles Grassley, second, third, and fourth in the line of the succession of the presidency of the United States of America. And upon Donald Trump's ludicrous fairy tales of winning an election that he clearly and decisively lost, make America great legions of crazed doomsday cult members laid siege to the Capitol as though we live in the banana republics of Paraguay and Peru. The temple to democracy was defiled by thugs. And despite the mob's extraordinary disregard for the rule of law, law enforcement, and social norms regarding government property and processes, an almost mythical graciousness was shown to these insurrectionists. Their fear of diminished power, lost privilege, and having to share space and primacy 
in the American narrative is so ghoulishly terrifying to them that they laid waste to the claim that African Americans are monkeys and savages because in scaling the walls of the Capitol building and pillaging congressional offices and destroying federal property like wild animals, they not only imitated but escalated what they falsely claim to have repudiated. When I speak of an almost mythical graciousness, I do not editorialize. I merely report the news. When Black Lives Matter protesters were in Washington, D.C. to protest the heinous murder of George Floyd, they were confronted by well-armed police, paramilitary units, National Guardsmen, unmarked troops, and unrestrained vigilantes. They were tear gassed and assaulted in Lafayette Park so that Mr. Trump could pose with a Bible that he would never think to open and read, primarily because there's no mention of him in the Bible. But not only did the Capitol Police allow them to come on the grounds and walk through Statuary Hall on their way to wreak havoc in the world's most deliberate body, they posed for selfies with them and allowed the inmates to run the asylum. They walked out as they walked in unmolested by law enforcement. Brothers and sisters, if the Capitol Police can't keep the crowds out of this building, I can send ushers from Lily Grove, uh -uh. South Union, Church Without Walls, Wheeler Avenue to show them how to keep people out of a building. Anyone who has ever visited a black Baptist church will let you know that you have a better chance of getting in a nuclear facility than getting in the black church while somebody's praying. This illustrates, this illustrates to everyone prescient enough to discern what time it is, how ingrained systemic racism and white privilege is in this country. The Sean Hannity's and Tucker Carlson's and Hugh Hewitt's and Rush Limbaugh's of the world see white violence as protests and black protest as violence. Let me run that by you one more time. They see white violence as protest and black protest as violence because black lives matter less than making white people feel comfortable. I was halted in my steps the other evening when some African-American clergy made mention of a call to national prayer by a group from the National Baptist Convention and some African-American pastors and clergy from around the country. Now listen, no one believes in the power of prayer more than I do. And I believe that every word of sacred scripture is inspired, inerrant, and infallible. 
But I do not recall our white evangelical brothers and sisters calling for a time of national prayer at the killing of Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Ahmaud Aubrey, Andre Hill, Richard Brooks, Tatiana Jefferson, George Floyd, Daniel Prude, or Tony McDade. Since when does the locus of white angst and frustration must become the focus of black prayer and supplication? I'd be content if innocent black men were treated like guilty white men. I don't want them to treat them like they treat us. Just treat us like you treat them. Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., in his dynamic letter from a Birmingham jail, lamented that white Christians have remained silent behind the anesthetizing security of stained glass windows. The recent statement by the presidents of the six Southern Baptist seminaries in the Baptist standard that critical race theory and intersectionality is incompatible with the gospel or that there is no systemic racism in America is further truth that white Christian theology has developed to render black claims to justice invisible while protecting white economic and social interests all the while assuring them of their own moral purity. We must never forget that the main reason the Southern Baptist Convention was organized in the first place was over the issue of slavery. And white Protestants left the Democratic Party in mass during the 60s over the issue of civil rights. Baron Tunde Thurston, an activist and a social commentator and author, mentioned on the other night that uh, black people consistently show up for a country that consistently tells us we do not belong. What happened this past Wednesday was about Pennsylvania, it was about Wisconsin, it was about Michigan, and about Georgia. They are saying, black people, you have no right to decide who's going to be the president of these United States. Black people consistently show up for a country that consistently tells us that we do not belong. Black people showed up and saved Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's candidacy. While they were doing that, while they were jumping like monkeys on the Capitol steps and climbing like apes to get inside the Senate chambers, it just so happened in their spare time that black people elected uh, two people from Georgia changing the landscape of America's democratic process because black folk are always showing up for a country who tells us you do not matter. Brothers and sisters, let us move away from what professor of African-American studies at Princeton University, Dr. Eddie Glaude Jr. calls attenuated citizenship. Attenuated citizenship is the notion that we ought to be glad 
that white people allow us to have what we have. And white people allow us to live where we live. And white people allow us to go where we go. That's attenuated citizenship. As if we are strangers in our own country. My paternal great-great-grandmother was a pure Choctaw Indian. So Jim Bob and them were tearing up a building that my ancestors built. Uh, these people who were tearing up uh, walls and, 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 and stealing stuff uh, out of the nation's capital and having their feet on the desk of uh, the Speaker of the House, uh, they were not breaking in Walmart. These hillbillies were breaking in the capital of this nation and they brought the Confederate flag, the vilest symbol of white supremacy inside the sacred space of the Capitol Dome. Something so reprehensible that it never touched those grounds, not even during the Civil War. They even had the temerity to try to take down the American flag, to raise the Trump flag in obeisance to this narcissistic megalomaniac who would not even be seen with these hillbillies except for the safe distance afforded him behind bulletproof glass at his mother rallies. This cult of ignorance and this strain of anti-intellectualism which has become a constant thread winding its way through our political and cultural life is a result of what some psychologists have called identity fusion. Identity fusion. In this psychological conundrum, once a person is fused with a leader, followers seem tied to them in such a way that things are true because the leader said that they are true. And as dystopian as that may seem, it can be a coping mechanism, and because it makes, and not because it makes sense, but because it ameliorates the cognitive and emotional burden of thinking. White people had us fooled forever that they were smart. And they made us believe that our schools were inferior uh, and our way of life was inferior. And we saw the other day that Jim Bob and them are so ignorant that they will follow like lemmings this megalomaniac over a cliff and he wouldn't give them a ride if they were walking in the rain. Uh, Donald Trump is not interested in solving America's divisions. He's interested in exacerbating them to his own advantage. He has no interest in helping the country to meet its challenges. He only wants us to be afraid of our challenges. And to the everlasting shame of his Republican enablers. Let me call them by name. Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Lindsey Graham, James Langsford, Devin Nunes, Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, it's too late to jump ship in the waning days of a lame duck presidency. Your schizophrenic attempt 
to be both arsonist and firefighter have been found wanting and weighed in the balance. Trump may have lit the flame of last week's conflagration, but you let a man-child play with matches. Uh, to those of you perhaps worried that this has gone too political, unlike diplomats whose criticism of their country's leaders' politics stopped at the water's edge, Prayer for leaders and criticism of their sinful practices are not mutually exclusive. Both have biblical warrant because protest is not unbiblical. Moses going in front of Pharaoh was a protest. Somebody ought to help me talk it. Elijah on Mount Carmel was a protest. John the Baptist at the Jordan was a protest. Jesus calling Herod a fox was a protest. Protest is not unbiblical. It is a manifestation of our analysis of the human condition considering the word of God. And it also includes bearing witness to a different and better way of ordering our societies in a world whose default instinct is oppression. There were some black people in that crowd, unfortunately. Because black people, for some reason that eludes me, have learned how to give their fruits to their oppressors and their swords to their liberators. Peacemaking cannot be separated from truth-telling. Peacemaking cannot be separated from truth-telling. This is no time, brothers and sisters, for moderation or seeking the middle ground. Housing discrimination must be named. Unequal sentences and unfair policies must be named. Different standards of policing in communities of color must be named. Disparities in access to health care and the poor and inadequate treatment of black and brown patients once in the healthcare system must be named. Reinhold Niebuhr said, man's capacity for justice makes democracy possible, but man's inclination to injustice makes democracy necessary. But is there any word from the Lord and the word from the Lord is, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Uh, but when the wicked rule, the people mourn. Brothers and sisters, the word for us this morning from the word of God is, if it, we're not going to change this world by criticism of it, nor by conformity to it, but by the combustion within it of lives set on fire by the spirit of the living God. And so we have to engage, we have to be engaged with the culture. We, we, we cannot get in our holy huddles on Sunday morning and divorce ourselves from the culture. We are in the world, but we are not of it. Uh, We've we, we got to come out from among them and be separated, but separated does not mean better, it means different. 
God has made a difference in our lives. Everybody who's been saved, everybody who's been brought out of darkness into the marvelous light is a different person because the power of the Holy Spirit has made us different. Then once we are saved, we are to go back and get engaged with the culture. Uh, Paul said, I've become all things to all men so that by any means I might save some. You're not going to save them away from them. You're not going to make a difference away from them. We have to be engaged with the culture. We have to, and, and we're not able to do it now because of, of this global pandemic, but, but when the Lord allows us to get back as the body of Christ, that needs to be a new attitude in how we worship, a new attitude in how we give God thanks and praise. And not only ought we to thank him inside a building, but we ought to take it outside this building. We need to be engaged with the culture. And then we need to be informed on the issues. Um, uh, uh, Winston Churchill, who was a very thoughtful prime minister in the 1940s and, and, the, late, and, the, and the early 1950s, uh, Winston Churchill said, the greatest argument against democracy is a five-minute conversation with an average voter. You're going to get that on the way home. The greatest argument against democracy is a five-minute conversation with the average voter. Because most people are just average when it comes to thinking. They don't think any further than what they're going to eat at noon today. All they think about is right now. There's no thought about a rainy day. There's no thought about a future. There's no thought about a retirement. There's no thought about what you're going to do. Because people rarely are informed. And that's why these politicians uh, capitalize on our being uninformed. As a matter of fact, Trump said himself, he loves the uneducated. He loves people who are not thinking. These politicians get back in office over and over and over again because we don't think about what their stance is on any issue. We just recognize their name. And since we voted for them last time, we vote for them again, and then they stay in the office year after year after year, and they don't care anything about the poor. They just want to stop that gravy train long enough to hop on. People are uninformed. And listen, if the devil can keep you ignorant, he can keep you impotent. If the devil can keep you ignorant, he can keep you impotent. Now, everybody in that crowd was not a fool. Just like everybody, when Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem, everybody was shouting Hosanna. Everybody didn't mean that. On Friday, when everybody said crucify him, everybody didn't mean that. They just got caught up in the crowd. But you need to be so individual in your thinking and so informed on the issues that people ought not be able to take advantage of you with this crowd mentality. When you think for yourself, when you stand on your own, when you have your own opinions and you are informed on the issues, it keeps you from being taken advantage of. 
Jim Jones was able to take over 900 people to Guyana because they, they, they believed without examination. There are some people still holding on to this fact that Donald Trump has been cheated out of the election because of identity fusion. They are still holding on to the idea that he is our man, but they are uninformed, and when you're uninformed on the issues, you don't care anything about the righteous increasing because then the wicked bear rule. And when the righteous are in authority, people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, people mourn. We ought to be engaged with the culture. We ought to be informed on the issues. And brothers and sisters, as I heard to the close, we ought to be imbued with the gospel. It's hard for people to misuse you when you know who you are. And when you know whose you are. When you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, when you know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, when you know that your candidate is not up for re-election, uh, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, not Donald Trump, on Christ, not Joe Biden, on Christ, not Kamala Harris, on Christ, not the Democratic Party, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And I want to say to somebody who's watching us on Facebook or watching us uh, on the live stream, that get your eyes off these people in Washington and get your eyes off these people in Austin. Even get your eyes off these people in downtown Houston.
kind of radio you need. Yes, Jesus is a morning radio. Old radio for real people. I want to say this first off. I love the church. I love the church of God. I love God. I love Jesus. I love his people. And we have to be careful. When I tell you that church business, you have to really, really be careful. Because even the leadership in the church will get caught up into their personal feelings, their personal thoughts. And they bring not the word, but the personal thoughts to the congregation. Now, I say some things, but calling people out their names and making a distinction and God love us all. And I'm not saying we all don't do wrong because you got wrong in every nationality, wrong in every race. Uh, I just, I didn't listen to that particular message. That's another thing I want to apologize for. I'm sorry. Before I played it, do I never would have played that? Because when you and God and he in you, what you prepare is for everybody. It's for everybody. When you hear Chris from Elevation Church says, I'm living proof what the mercies of God can do. There's no nothing in it. There's no black, no white, no. It, it, it's just straight up. It's just straight up what it is. And if you're going to serve the public, you serve everybody. Now, your business may be down in the black community, and you're so used to serving the black community, but you yet have to prepare for everybody. You should want to sell to everybody. Yeah, when I design mugs, I set it up that I can design mugs for anybody. So we have to be careful. Yeah, because that, that, that's some prejudice remarks. <laughs> yeah, you got to prejudice things that you're saying, and it will hurt people feeling, and they'll be like, oh, I thought he was a preacher and a pastor. Oh, well, I thought Barbara, but she, yeah, you got to be real careful. So, again, I apologize because I didn't listen to that message before I played it. Now, I love this style of preaching. He don't do all that hooping, you know, when the Spirit of the Lord come on and he get excited and he speak louder. But I can understand and follow him. But we yet, we have to be careful. I can't think like that. I can't do like that. And then thank God is going to be in me and for me. So I want to apologize for that. And uh, we moving on in Jesus' name. Yeah. So um, the studio is open. If there's anyone have something this morning they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in. And um, because we're at nine o'clock, and uh, you can come in and share. All right, Miss Jerry, I am coming at you right now. Good morning, Miss Jerry. God bless you. How are you? Good morning, Sister Barbara. I am well. I am doing well. I enjoyed the message. I I, I didn't pay. I I was basically listening to the portion about the Lord. Okay, that person. All right, I got you. I I, I 
accept what God allows. I'm only into what's going to benefit me when you're talking about the Lord. God said, don't listen to me. So, Lord, I thank you for this day, this brand new day for a brand new chance. Give that everything around us may look like it's falling down. May look like the volcano is just erupting all over your life. Oh, goodness gracious. But you know what? It's not as bad as it appears. Mm-hmm. Because tomorrow's going to come whether you in it or not. Yes, ma'am. So I thank God today for a second chance. I don't know if I'll be here all day, but I thank him for what he has given me so far this day. So thank you for reminding me that God would never leave nor forsake us. Thank you so much. Amen. And we'll talk later. All right. God bless you, Miss Jerry. God bless you, Sister Jerry Crowd. Yeah. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye. See, the thing of it is this. Um, we got we to gotta walk careful. We can't just do any and every old thing and, you know, then we're talking about God, and we're going to quote the word, because it show, it, 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 it show what it really is. You know, after you've done what you want to do, after you've said what you want to say, then you'll come, and you're going to be godly. People don't do it like that. People won't receive it like that. Yeah, but I do know this. I know that God is able to see us through, and he will over and over again. And you're going to have all of this kind of stuff in the world. But God is who you say he is, and he will do what he said he would do. And we yet have to love folks and go on. Yeah, you you still got to love them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And go right on. But earlier, the earlier word, the first one I played, uh, now I could get down with that one as they say. But that second one, yeah, I can't quite do it like that. But I know God, again, is faithful. He's going to see us through. And uh, we trust him. And we pray and ask God to lead and guide us in our leadership choosing. Yeah. Lead and guide, my Lord. Show me the right candidate, you know, to choose for. Because we have no way of knowing. And then we don't want to get into our flesh with it. Yeah. And I accept what God allows us. Jerry says we always do. We're better off, but at the same time, we all want to be careful and not offend folks and, and make people, unha- you know, uneasy and uncomfortable. Because if you're going to be public, you got to be for everybody. Everybody. They talked about the man, Mr. Trump, but it was a lot of lies because that man couldn't be for one set of people. And one thing about him, he was in the money and still is. And the month, the color of money is green. <laughs> I'm not talking about the change, the silver. I'm not even talking about gold. He likes the green. And unless you're green, that foolishness can go on away from him. Yeah. 
Now, I can't either, but Lou, I can't vote for no baby killers, abortion folks who won't. I can't, I can't do that either. That's murder. And God is not pleased. And I know folks will say, well, it's, it's not a baby yet. If, if it's breathing, it's a baby. If it's breathing, it's got life. And if you leave it in there for nine months, it's going to be a whole person. Maybe a little tiny person, but it's a whole human being. Yeah. And, you know, people do whatever it is they want to do, and you got to stand before your God for that. And I don't basically tell people uh, what to do or what not to do. I just bring it to you. Pick and choose. This is your battle. You choose your battle. Yeah. But now, in picking and choosing your battle, if you choose anything without God, there is great consequences. If you choose on the other side and God is not in it, you're going to get double what you would have got. Yeah. Because the devil come but to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. And it's all right today again in Jesus' name. So is there anyone else have something they would like to say? All right, I think I see my God baby over there. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Sister Jerry again. Good morning, Sister Irene, Sister Dorothy Goodman, and uh, Sister Samoa. Good morning to you. God bless you. And uh, we thank God. Good morning to everyone. And I pulled out the uh, roll call and put it up. Yeah, because I'm going to get back to roll calling. So we'll get the roll call out. And uh, I will start back to roll call. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. And uh, Because I notice when I don't do roll call, a lot of people go to the archives to listen. But when I roll call, they call in to listen. And that's a beautiful thing. I hadn't seen Sister Spinner in a couple of days, and so I need to make a call to her today as well and uh, check on her because that's not like her. So I'll be calling her sometime today. And uh, maybe they think I'm awake because, brother, I put uh, we have a, a guest coming on October 5th, and I went ahead and put her in the studio and, um, you know, log in what's going on and everything. And um, people saw that for October 5th, so they thought, oh, well, she won't be back there October 5th. So that's some of it, too. But uh, I'm going to fill in the blanks uh, for tomorrow and Monday. And I may do Monday on Saturday, so you'll know who's coming Monday. But we thank God he's yet on our side today in spite of us. He's looking beyond our faults and yet meet needs. And so we just pray for Leadership everywhere, church leadership, country leadership, business leadership, household leadership, school leadership. We pray for everything that God will cover us and, and help us out and let this mind be in us that was also in his son, Christ Jesus. He just wanted to please the Father. Yeah. And again, this morning, I apologize. I'm so sorry. And that it's not fault because I didn't listen before I played it. So God bless you. God bless you today. And we're going to pray out, and we pray that the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed day. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you're kind, mercy, and gracious, God. You're forgiven, Lord. 
You look beyond fault, yet meet needs. You're on our side in spite of us today. And Father, we come thanking you for all of these wonderful things that you've done for us. Thank you for what you're doing right now. And Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. Great and mighty things for your people. And as we depart this morning, Father, bless our going out. Bless our coming in and meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. And Lord, meet the need, meet the need of your people today again. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today. Thursday, September the 22nd. 2022 in Jesus' name. So we're going to our last song, and after the song, I won't be coming back today again and again. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed day.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.